Everyone's recording. Hello, babies. Oh, yeah, babies. All right. Hey, babies. Hey, hey sweet babies. Hey, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet babies. This is Scott. We have Matt and Adam on the line. Hey, Scott. Are Hi. you wearing a robe right now? I'm wearing a robe. And why? Why, Adam? I couldn't begin to tell you why you're wearing a robe. I Matt, why am I wearing a robe? I want. I think that you are wearing a robe because once the three of us went into a co-write with a now world-renowned co-writer whose name I will not disclose because if he ever listens to this, which he won't, I don't want to embarrass him, but we, the three of us, actually once went to a co-write and we were writing a song called Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And the guy we were writing this song with was like, I got to get into the right vibe. And he left the co-write, went into his house, and came back wearing an all-white suit to catch a vibe. And I think you're wearing this robe because you needed to catch a vibe for this wow. podcast. Is that is that true? I, I before you answer Adam. that, I don't okay. want to guess why you're wearing a robe, but I I would like to talk about when people wear robes because I want to talk about this. This is so important. I'm so glad you brought it up because I want to spend at least 45 minutes yeah. talking about and it. And I think everyone yeah. listening wants us to spend 45 minutes talking about it. I'm on the East Coast. It's 8:30 on a Friday night. <laughs> you're on the you're on the West Coast. It's 5:30 on a Friday night. I don't think that's robe wearing time typically. You know what's crazy? I think that robes should be worn in the morning. I I was going to say that. I think they are. I feel so like So here's the thing. Every late? time there's a suburban dad who's walking outside right. yeah, to get the Tony newspaper Soprano off time. The, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's my reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go out, you get the paper. But still, you're rubbing your in eyes. In those situations, like I just said that's my reference. There is something about robes that in the romanticized vision in my head, it's a very sexy attire. It's like a 70s porno. That's the only time you wear a robe at night. <laughs> and that's why I'm wearing a robe because oh. we just released the sexiest song we've ever put, we've ever put out in the world. I thought you were going to say it's because you're filming a 70s porno later. <laughs> just, just after this. You got to jump. Yeah. No, guys, we have about... <laughs> We have about 20 out. minutes. We have about 20 fluffer, minutes and then, the and then I, got, coming yeah, in. I got a fluff for seven, eight, and then we start shooting. <laughs> oh, that would so be we're really... Gonna cut, we're going to have to cut the rope bit it. short. The side hustles in LA are real Yeah, tough. it's tough. Yeah. We got to do what we got to do. That's right. Yeah. Hey, no shame. So I want to talk about the robe more. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wearing it. Mm -hmm. And do I want to talk that about... Rope? See, this is... Thank you. Did you steal it from a hotel? No. So I think that, now tell me if, if your personal experience aligns with mine. A robe, and I'm going to include slippers in this category, Yeah, is not something that I would ever or have ever bought for yeah. myself. That adds up. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Right. Checks out. But, so this was a gift. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. It was a gift. You know, it's one of those that like comes in a wicker basket and it's like this and like uh, other lotions and yeah, balms and apples and maybe. oils and, and, oh. and oh, tonics. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You some know, those salts, care packages. Candle. Salts. Candles and bath mm -hmm. spa related products. Mm, yeah. So all of that is nothing that I would ever buy for myself, but having it is a delight. So let's talk about how often you use it because- I've thought because I am someone who would buy a robe. Yeah, you you, you, you know? might have gotten this from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't have a robe. I don't have one. And I've I thought know. 
multiple times in my life, like, should I buy a robe? So I'm going to buy you a robe. That'd be great. I haven't pulled the trigger and I don't know why, but I think it's because I've thought, I've I've like thought it out and it's like, I get out of the shower, I, I, you know, drive with a towel and then I'm like doing other things. No, listen, listen. I'm not going to wear the robe. So when do you wear it? So I've, I've, I've had this for 14 months. Okay. I've worn it thrice. Yeah. Right. Okay. And one of the times was when I first got it. <laughs> you know, to be like, what's going on? What, what is yeah. this? A big, a big towel? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. what, what. And then I put, and then the second time was like, hey, let's have a, like with me and Kat, I was like, let's have a robes party. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw on the robe and we're just going to, and we're going to make, you know, get out the ice cream. Oh, yeah. And then it was just like, Charming. I don't know. Watch Sex a in marathon. the City. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something that took us from like 6 p.m. to like back to the a.m.s. Mm, yeah. And then we got to, and then we got to start shutting it down. And then one of those. Third time and, is and now. now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you own a robe? You know I own a robe. Yeah, but do you own a we robe? We got him a robe. No, I, <laughs> I know, but it's not a robe. No, I know. What are you it's, talking about? It, it feels more like a no. cape. It's, it's, Enormous. No, it is such a robe. It's like double yeah. XL. It's never going to fit me in my life, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, because I moved recently, I right. I was re-exploring it mm-hmm. the other day. I want to tell the people. I don't, I don't care if, you, if you're going to get mad at me for telling us. First of all, I'm no. not. Second of all, please. Okay. So when we were in college, that would be Emory in Atlanta. Oh, we're the shadow boxers, by the way, and welcome to our podcast. Everybody knows the, <laughs> nobody yeah. knows the shadow boxers but you. But they clicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got this. It. Didn't just come. We're not on Sirius XM, right? Yet. The intro song, know. yeah, they the intro song will have played by now. Yeah, Scott. Um, yeah. So when we were in college, Scott, we go decided ahead. to get. <laughs> just keep interrupting me <laughs> with that. When we were in college, Adam and I and some of our other friends decided to get Matt a birthday present, and that birthday present was a extra extra <laughs> large red velvet robe. With the initials, no, 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 with, with the name. Now, it's important to note that Matt had an alter ego. Uh, actually, it wasn't his Not choice. Even, yeah, no, no, it was just We a just started calling, he's got another alter ego. That's for yeah, another yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went with different attire. Definitely. In college, Adam and I started- What a song, actually, that, that other alter ego. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, with the robe. With the, uh, with, with the Tony Soprano version yeah. of the robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we started calling Matt Poopy Dempkins. Obvi- obviously. Affectionately. Affectionately. Oh, yeah. and, then it, and then it clicked. And then there was, that was kind of a nickname in college for him. And so we got him for his birthday a robe that said P. Dempkins. <laughs> <laughs> and you better still have it. I've never, I would, I, I've, there was one moment where I was like, I'm never going to wear this, but yeah, I can't it takes up throw so it out. Much space. It takes up yeah. so much space. It takes up half of an entire storage bin. Yeah. But I'm never going to throw it out. Hey, what do you guys do? What, where are you guys at with like the adjacent, like related items to ropes? How, how are you guys on your lotions, on your skincare? Mm. Oh, I really I thought we were going in like the slippers direction of like, Cozy items. Yeah. Oh. Well, to answer your question, I I don't believe in skincare. Yeah. Same reason you don't believe in chaps. Same reason it's you don't the believe same in chaps. Theory. Wait. Fundamental. Unbelievable. Are you kidding yeah. me? I, I actually. I, the, okay. Go ahead. You don't Adam. have Explain like chapstick. 
It's the chapstick theory, which everyone knows, which is the more you use chapstick, the more chapstick you need. And it's the same with the skincare. I, it, sometimes I've got dry hands, but I don't do the lotion. <laughs> Because I know. Can we clip that out and that's going to be the clip? <laughs> that is, yeah. Oh, definitely. Sometimes, Sometimes I, I have old, hands. wrinkly, cracking hands. And you let them crack and bleed. skinny, bony, peeling hands. But I don't use lotion because I know I'm locking myself in to a regimen. You're training your skin into a dependency. That's right. And I don't have, I don't have time for that. I don't want that. And it's, it's not okay. And, I, and I, I, I stand by that firmly. And I don't, you know, I don't put it on the face. I don't put it on the and face. And I'm going to tell you that you have nice skin. People say you have really nice skin. And I say, thank you. And they say, what do you use? And I say, the, the fucking oxygen in the earth. <laughs> you okay, so that's what I use. <laughs> I, I, wow. Wait, do you wash your face? Do you wash your face with a cleanser? I, I use the same soap for the, the whole bod. You use same. soap with lye on your face? No, I use it's it's you you get your Castile, Dr. Bronner's Castile on everywhere oh, okay. from Dr. toes Bronner's. to the hair. Got it, got it, got it, got it. That uh is that our sponsor? <laughs> this episode Dr. brought to Bronner's. you by Dr. Bron that would be great. Be this episode fantastic. brought to you by Dr. Bronner's. Do you want your asshole to feel like it's <laughs> I got a, an industrial fan in front of it for 20 you minutes and woken you get up till our product has touched a mucous membrane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Bronner's is the best. Uh, oh, I'm just God. surprised to hear this. I would have thought you had like a Patrick Bateman-esque skin routine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, and I think it's I come off that with, way. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. come off that way. I don't. Like Or or Matt, he's got like, you know, some Eastern uh, you know, like he's like dips oh, like his a, face in mud or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a oh, like right. a nighttime like seven oil Korean routine. Was yeah, that, like uh, something you picked up in an ashram somewhere. Yeah, yeah no, none of it. None of it. When I travel, dop kit is light. I got I got toothbrush, <laughs> toothpaste, deodorant. I I hogged this skincare routine bit. Well, we we needed to be talking about it. What's yours, Matt? No, you that's way stuff. more interesting than mine because I got I just have some you got stuff, stuff that I use. You got stuff. Yeah, I, got I got stuff, stuff. too, by the way. You and do? I, but I I try and use it on occasion because I want to keep my face. Oh, you got to keep it guessing. Guessing. Yeah, I yeah, like that's that. my philosophy. Yeah, you change it up like you change out a workout. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You got to yes. keep. The I want to keep my face on its toes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been moisturizing with it with SPF in the mornings since I was twenty five years old. Since we were living together uh, at, at Block Loft. Yeah. People are hot on the SPF. They say you got to do it every day. And I don't know about it. I don't go outside, though. <laughs> That's <laughs> so right. That also be, that. <laughs> could be. Guys, yeah. I, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to change the subject or talk too long about nothing that's related to this song, but I have right. to brag to you guys on this podcast about something that I genuinely wish both of you were able to attend so uh, this is actually me extending an invite uh if you guys can make it to new york city on december 21st uh i want you to know that we're having an annual castle falls suits at margaritaville in times square out of respect wow whole crew everyone but you guys 
everyone's going to be in New York. So wow. for the listeners um, who care about stories like the one that we shared earlier about the robe and my nickname, here's another of a little fun story from, from when the three of us were in college. We lived in this house together that we've mentioned. And uh, a few times, three, maybe four times, um, when we, it wasn't, maybe it was for birthdays, but some, I think sometimes it was just like, let's just do this. Not for birthdays. Yeah. Let's just do it. It was just like, let's just do this. It it was, it was specifically not an occasion. Um, everybody in the house, which was six to eight guys, any girls we were dating at the time, um, we would get very dressed up, full suits, blazers, tuxes, if you had them. And we would go out to a shitty family restaurant. (laughs) There was one local, like straight up diner that we went to, like that. We took it to a it Red Lobster like, once, and got, like I had my and, first cheddar biscuits like this. It was us and an entire restaurant of geriatrics. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that none of it, you you said that, and whoever we were dating, pretty sure no, no they didn't come. we weren't dating anyone. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was probably just, us. just it was us. just guys. Yeah. Oh God. So, By the way, I live very close to Melton's App and Tap. Oh my God, jalapeno poppers. <laughs> Those cheesy broccoli bites. Uh, I remember we we wrote a commercial for them once. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Wasn't it just Melt. like <laughs> just a fart? Like a really long fart? <laughs> just a fart sound? <laughs> for the whole 30 second spot. And then at the end, melt. Melts. Oh god. Oh god. You gotta pull it together. Yeah. We're 17 minutes into this thing. All right. We're just getting started. (laughs) Yeah, we're just getting started. All right. So here's a podcast that we do. Here's a podcast. And what do we do on it? We talk about can't wait to start the podcast right there. (laughs) Here's a podcast. (laughs) It's what it is. Uh, No, you're right. Yeah. We're back. We've been gone. Okay. We've been gone for a minute. We've been gone for a minute. Not because we wanted to. It's just life. And and but now we're back because we've got a song to talk about. The song is called If You Let Me. And it's the latest uh, addition to our Nobody Knows the Shadow Boxers But You. So this one is my pick, Scott, for those of you who need that. Um, hey Scott, why did you pick this song? It's it's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> wow, just that's ever why. or that you've written? Uh, I can't say ever. I think that's not even. I, I wouldn't. I haven't given that enough thought to even. <laughs> okay, it's this <laughs> is one crazy. of your favorite songs that you've that you've contributed to. Thank you, thank you for clarifying for me. Yes, I think. Uh, I think it was written, um, it was written relatively, like I would say in the, in the heat of our songwriting frenzy, we just started writing and recording and writing and recording and sending them to Justin and Justin would give us feedback. You know, sometimes he would respond with long, uh, you know, detailed notes, um, whatever feedback he would give. Sometimes he would say nothing. And then for this one, I just, I remember we sent this to him and he responded, fuck. 
And I was just like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. got one. I would, I would love, I'm really looking forward to hearing where, where you think the sonic influences are in the song because right before we started this pod, you were playing a song just to make sure that it was the, it was the song you were thinking of. And it, I had, I was totally different from the sonic reference that I thought you were pulling from for this. So the main chords of the verse were the first thing that I wrote, and that is like really largely based on till the end of time, JT. Because if your love was all I had in this life, well, that would be enough until the end of time. So let's jump almost too much if i'm if i'm going to be transparent with the listeners uh that's why i was saying the justin thing reflected right back at him um also at the time we were starting to cover uh adore prince And we were deep into a Prince phase, just trying to figure out all the cool, he's released so much music that it was like this really cool discovery period for us where uh, we were just going through albums and like reporting back on little nuggets we found here and there. So I would say those influences informed like the, the birth of the song. And then it needed a chorus. It needed, it needed somewhere to go. When we had lived in Atlanta, and even after we had lived in Atlanta, we did this really cool thing called the ATL Collective, which was a group of musicians that got together every month and covered a famous album. And that was kind of our first real introduction into the Atlanta music scene, was doing those shows. And uh, one month, someone had, uh, it was Kari, uh, the bass player, had uh, picked uh, Love Deluxe by Sade as the album. And we were assigned the song Bulletproof Soul. And I, I didn't know, I mean, I don't know if this makes me, however this makes me sound, I didn't know that much Sade. Did any of us? We knew the hits, yeah, I right? didn't. She didn't have a huge so, reach in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, right. Or maybe she did, but maybe just not Cedar Rapids. She, she avoided Cedar Rapids famously. <laughs> yeah, I actually read about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big following in Des Moines, yeah, though. That was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, huge in Dubuque. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> so we had covered Bulletproof Soul, and that song had a really interesting chord change in it, which I forgot what the groove of the song was in, but in the chorus, it switched to this minor five thing. isn't used in that style in R&B that much. Uh, her uses it in um, Hard Place. But most of the time it's for more anthemic or indie things. So in this kind of smooth R&B soul style, 
that chord change really struck me and I wanted to use it. So that's where I took inspiration for the chorus chord progression uh, for this song from. And then, so that's the meat of the song. And then the bridge was just, you know, me having fun with chords. Yeah. Another fun thing about it is, is Matt, you were out of town when I had written this and Adam and I started to record it. And so I wanted you to come back and I wanted to like surprise you, you know, which is a fun part of being doing this stuff with, with other people is you, you're wanting to get somebody to, you want to impress, you know, the people that see you do this stuff every day. And that's what this bridge was for me. It was like, the song felt like it called for that. I mean, I'm like the robe wearing aspect, like the theatrics, like the the candle lit, you know, rose petal thing. And that was that to me is represented by the bridge. Who wrote? Did I write these lyrics? Right. Okay. So then, then let's get to the lyrics. So. At this the is, time, we brought this up on previous. Po yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just gonna say, I, and I don't want to, because I, I want you to be the person who describes this process. But I just want to say, I, I think from a fan perspective, this is, and from the person who's producing this podcast with the fans in mind, I'm excited to show people the earliest version of this song, oh, so yeah, they can yeah, hear yeah, me too. how yeah. different this chorus was. Yeah, yeah, because me too. Yeah. And it was, you know, generally production-wise, it was just like a bullseye in the Prince world. I mean, yeah. it was just yeah. so, it was completely in that world. And I want to talk about that more later on the production side. We'll get to that. But let's finish talking about the songwriting part of this. So at the time, we've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but Adam and I were doing a lot of... Uh, we had our Elton and Bernie Taupin thing going for a while where I was writing, I was writing the song, the music and the melodies and then kicking it to Adam who would transcribe my gibberish and send back lyrics. I thought that was so fun to do because uh, Adam's great at that. He like knows how to capture, he knows how to keep the syllables that I'm singing because the syllables feel good. And then he's, an excellent lyricist, so he's able to usually take lyrics that I wouldn't ever come up with. Novocaine would be the perfect example. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, we yeah. talked about it on that podcast, but that song was never supposed to be about that if it were up to me. It would be, you know, like something like Rock With You or something like that, right. you know? And so that's that's one of the gifts that you bring to uh, these songs a lot of the time, uh, but in this, in this case, you knew like I did, this had to be about one thing, but I just didn't know how to say it in a way that a lot of times, um, you know, when you're talking about something that so obviously needs to be about, this is a very sexy song and it needed to be about that. And I just trusted that Adam would say it in a way that was still interesting. So, and we had a good flow at the time. So Adam wrote the verses to this song. I wrote the lyrics to the bridge mm -hmm. and then we had this chorus and we couldn't figure out what to do over this chorus. And 
sort of in the spirit of Sade, which was my reference, we just kind of came up with something with Cole, who we were all living in the same house at the time. So there was, it's hard, even though I'm saying I did all this, it's, it's hard to differentiate who, you know, we were all yeah. kind of contributing everything right. to everything. So Cole and I were sitting and we were coming up with this groove, um, which the chorus groove, and he started singing this like very rhythmic staccato three-part BG chorus, which we love all of those words, especially together. So naturally we like really gravitated towards this melody, put some lyrics on it and that became the song and it was done for a long time. Then we started this process of kind of revamping the songs. covered it I was like I told you guys we can beat this chorus and I thank you both for just saying all right go for it you know so I sat with it and kept the same chords because they still move me the same way but uh, came up with something that's a lot more of a sing-along chorus. Chorus in the traditional sense that it's like a memorable melody that an audience can sing along with you. Um, and that's what I felt like this song was missing when I look back at it, mm -hmm. was, was that singable moment. Because I, I'm really cautious, and this is like often my criticism of a lot of contemporary music, is that vibe is more important than song right. a lot of the time. And like if you strip a song down to just being on one instrument and a vocal, it should still hold up. And I felt like it it got a little thin on that chorus for that if we were to do that. Yep. Strong vibe. So I replaced it. Strong vibe. Vibe was on a 10. I thought yeah. that the chorus was like a six. Yep. And I wanted to bump it up. And uh, tell the tell the people what the what the chorus was what the song was called what this song has been called for like <laughs> six years. Yeah, so the original title came from the first iteration of the chorus, which was "Frozen Waterfall." So even until you know relatively recently, it feels weird to call it "If You Let Me" because we've all known it as "Frozen Waterfall" for such a long time. 
But yeah, the new chorus felt, it felt right. It felt like the missing piece. And once we got it, then it just became an issue of producing it, sort of taking it out of the Prince 80s thing and, and giving it that fresh upgrade that our, our years of self-producing has, um, I don't know, informed. Okay, so Adam, yeah. what were... What was the brunt of, of the of, of the change? I mean, I, I very much understood the assignment with this one, and it was super hard because I'm. This is not the type of thing that I act that I naturally write. You know, like as much of a sort of sex god as I am, you know, I don't. This is not. This is not the type of thing that lyrically comes natural to me. Um, he doesn't usually have to talk about it. You know, he just exudes. That's it. right. That's right. But I remember getting the first line of the first verse and then just kind of having like fun with it. Um, uh, which the the first line is, um, take me to the edge of control. And I was like, okay, that's that's actually kind of interesting and cool. And, you know, let's live in that world rather than the just going full like do me baby. Which I think this song does get a little bit. I mean, there's some sweat on some back in this song if I, <laughs> if I recall the lyrics correctly Definitely. but i love that but this is this is let me let me compliment you first so take me to the edge of control i think is exactly the thing that i was talking about earlier where it's a thing that i would say but not quite like that and i think it's it gets the same point across but it does so in a little bit more interesting way yeah and then another line i want to bring uh i want to talk about it for the same reason is I need to lick the salt dripping off your skin. Yeah. And mm. I, it's just such a vivid and interesting way to describe it. Like, that is so specific. I've never heard salt. I've never heard the lyric salt before, you know? And yeah. I just think that all the listeners Paints are going to thinking about it. Yeah. It's a decadent picture. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I... Well, I mean, thanks. But I, I remember... I also remember, um, I think, did you have this melody before Nashville? I thought um, you guys, I thought you used to wrote this while we were in Atlanta. Because I have a no. memory of writing, of hearing this in Atlanta. Maybe we were just there, but I we remember. There. I remember specifically writing it in Nashville on Matt. It was your synth. And I think you were. On the Poly 800. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I just. And like, then we tracked that, that, we tracked that, and that's the same keyboard that's in this song true. now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that verse um, melody, I, like, still to this day is one of my favorite melodies because it's so simple. I mean, it's an octave, which is, especially yeah. also to start the song, like, um, which I think is a super Prince move, but it, it, felt, it felt very fresh. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was also part of the struggle with the chorus was like how much we loved the verse. Yeah, everything, yeah. everything we did felt worse. Exactly, yeah. Um, Which is not what you want. You want this, the chorus. This to song just—it just comes out swinging. Yeah, I mean that three part off the top was like after we had gotten this vibe, and we kind of we said, "All right, well, this song needs to come out, come out swinging." So. Yep. Fun fact about that three part thing at the beginning of the song, that is the vocal sample that is used for the entire 
melody of Right at the Wrong Time, which was a bonus track off of uh, our last album. Um, Production-wise, I remember... I mean, I, I think we mentioned this, but like, you know, in the house in Nashville, fully immersed in Prince World, we were just like, let's just go for it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it had it had like Lynn drums. Um, it had a, you know, a detuned 80s synth. And, and you know, the uh, the guitar solo. Let's talk about it. That's, I was, well, oh God, this guitar solo, Adam, is ignorant. The, this and, guitar solo is better than any of the lyrics. Yeah, the, the thing about solo, it though is, it's like I remember recording it because it was. It felt. I felt like. Um, um, I don't know what sport this would be, but like I was in the ring and everyone was sort of around me, like cheering me on. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I started doing takes, and you know, it was like just what I would normally do, and it was all wrong. And then I think Scott, you were like. It's got to like be dirty, like it's got to be wrong. And then Cole came in with something like you should play a, a flat note. And Carlos was like, there needs to be way more space. Like it, it was just this very collaborative thing with every take. It was like, oh man, you almost got it. Come on, like run it. Run you know it what out. it reminds me of? It reminds me of Paul Rudd and forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's like, when he's trying to teach him how to surf. He's yeah. like, no, 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 get back down and do less. Do less. <laughs> go, go back down on the board. Yeah. Uh, do less. Yeah. And I had to strip except away. That, except that that's nice to hear that this time it was actually, it sounds like we were actually helpful. No, no, it was incredibly helpful because it was, the, none of the parts of that solo are my natural instinct of what I would do wow. on a guitar, you know? Um, yeah, we were like holding our hands up, like, don't yeah, play. Like, don't, like don't, he was getting, he was like ready. Yeah. He's like, eh, yeah. eh. Yeah. No, wait. Because there's that yeah. first note that just like comes out like, you know, scraping yeah. metal. And then there's a yeah. very long pause before there's any more guitar solo. And the the first thing that comes back in after that is miserably out of tune. And I think <laughs> I, I think at one point we tried to tune it and it just felt, no, it's, I mean, it's legitimately like, it's almost an entire half step wrong. It's not the wrong it's note, so, but, it's but it's so almost right. the wrong note. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just remember that being like that was a, that was a highlight of my recording career because it was it was like everyone was on the same wavelength to try to get it. Yeah, you know, yeah. There was no one that. pushing against it. Like it just it mm-hmm. was it was just finding it. I think we all at that point see you recorded that after we had tracked the song, and I feel at that point we all knew we were in some new ground. Yeah, like we had we don't have a song like this. No. So now that we're in, we ventured out into this new territory. We were all like, let's just play around in this part of the world. And and we are all on vacation together. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, you know, the production, I, I think that you hear in the actual recording, a lot of that was new. I think I think the, the sort of foundation stayed, you know, the main synth, bass parts, all of that sort of was held in place but um we actually totally redid the drums that's cole playing live on the recording you hear it's to it's carlos playing live bass but i think we had sort of doubled the synth bass and really boosted that and then i remember we were 
sort of at a spot where we felt good about it and similar to what we did on Novocaine, kicked it over to you, Scott, and you you added a lot to this song, production-wise. Especially in the harmony department. Yep, yep, I did, I did do that. <laughs> I think it was just, uh, I wanted to add a little bit of bounce, too, in the chorus mm-hmm. because I felt it was too swimmy. Ah, uh, yes. It was, and when we kind of went back and forth about that. Yeah. So, again, the Sade thing, it was so... It was just the velvetiest thing. And I think that the old the old melody was a little bouncier. So it, it was able to work off right. of that. But the new melody is less bouncy. So I wanted to make I wanted to make the uh chords in the production have a little bit more movement instead of just kind of cooling out. Yeah, and I th- I think the way that panned out was actually very cool and all credit to you because you know i remember it was in a good place and you facetimed me and you were like you had been you had worked up something that was sort of like an eighth note like yeah yeah for the whole chorus and you were like what do you think of this and i was like it's super cool but i kind of miss the some of the some of the swim you know where it just like the chorus just lands and shimmers and you know yeah and you you were like what if we did half and half and at first I was like that's a shit idea that's gonna be mm-hmm. that's two way two different vibes it's not gonna work and then um, you're like just try it and I did and it was immediately like oh this is this is way cooler yeah and you totally split that you've totally found the blend mm-hmm. so now so it says I live much. Tonight, it's the coolest thing in your um big on it's and then it got and then you're then you got the neck breaking yeah. and it, and it was such a good idea because the melody takes a breath for that part and it yeah. if it was just swimming you're kind of just like left in the ether with nothing for your ear to like catch on to mm. um so having it bounce in that section was was brilliant well, I think that's because, and that's why, that's why you don't want to get stuck, but to the production, you gotta let, you gotta let the vocal tell you what to do. Yeah. And and there was the whole, you know, it, like you said, there was space there for something to happen. Yep. And in the old melody, there wasn't. Yeah. So the other wouldn't have called for it. The other thing I want to call out on the production of this song is the second verse, piano octaves. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a strong memory of how that came about uh but i know that all of us knew it had to be there Mm. (laughs) you know and it's it's not it's a it's kind of an obnoxious part and even in the mix it's like way louder than it should be but so it sounds like a prince thing that we stole yeah it's a prince thing so so there were three there were three moves that i put into this that i really wanted to that i felt really good about uh Excluding, excluding like the bridge chords. I'm talking like three moves in the verses that I'm really proud of. Number one is that that piano octave. Yeah. Uh, number two is the triplets on the I can't wait uh not the moment, which is another move. And then the third is is removing a beat in the guitar solo. Yeah. making it a bar of three. Yeah. And all of those are just like, I mean, you can hear that on like Easy by by the Commodore, like Lionel Richie. That's that's like the, one of those type of moves. And I just love those classic things, just those little 
sneak attack changes to take something that was otherwise so cruise control. And uh, that's what I love about this song. It's like, it just is so good and, and you don't want to mess with it. But then we just throw these little bombs yeah. every now and again that just keep you a little bit, you know, guessing. Yep. Kind of like our face, our skincare uh, approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you took the same approach. Circle. <laughs> wow. Well. So that's this song. So now the next part of this podcast, let's talk about why it didn't come out then. Was this song? Why e- now? Was this song ever going to come out? Was it no. ever slated? I don't think, as they say. I, I don't think so. I don't think we ever were had it like on. I don't think it ever walked to the edge of the diving board. This is maybe one of, it was in early discussions for for track listing of the slow march, but yeah, maybe we never even touched it. This well, this it didn't of, fit with Apollo because Apollo was so gassed up, yeah, right? Right, and high energy, and I think I remember. When we went into pre-production for what became Apollo, we were in East West Studios with Justin, and we were in uh, and, and some other members of his team, and we basically just went through a bunch of songs and decided on the ones that we wanted to really focus on, and we played this one, and I remember everyone feeling like this was an incredible vibe, but the chorus wasn't a chorus, mm. and you know that's not to say that. We can't. We couldn't work on it, but I think it just took a little bit of the initial wow factor of this, the way the song starts, and the way this verse comes in with this octave melody, and then the chorus just didn't keep the ball in the air for people, and so we switched to the next song, and I think that just left a bad taste in our mouth because, like, when you're in the studio, especially in our case where. You're in the studio with somebody as massive as as Justin. You're riding momentum the whole time. So if you don't feel like there's momentum behind a song, you cannot force that. Mm-mm. You cannot push to try and make momentum occur. You just have to let the room dictate what it is, and then you go with what with with that. And so this song didn't catch the momentum, and then. Then the moment, and then there was other momentum for other songs that created the beginnings of Apollo, and then it didn't fit with that vibe. And then we we had discussed it for Slow March, but Slow March we were aiming for such a departure from Apollo to do such a you know more earthy, organic kind of uh, recording that that again it it didn't fit with that either. So so I don't know, it just sat there. That's yeah. why I I know it's, we. It, it, we all have these people in our lives and some fans too who they they have the songs that they've heard of the deep cuts and it's always the conversation you should put that song out why haven't you put that song out and this was one for my wife that was co- constantly like mm. you got to put frozen waterfall out you know that was that was like top of top tier for her I think it's also interesting that we never played this one live either. So most right. fans don't know it. Yeah. You know, a lot of songs that we didn't put out were fan favorites at our live shows. Mm-hmm. This never made uh, it. We never no, played it live. We never played this. And I think the reason is because the recording set such a high bar for us 
Yeah. And if we really went in to record it, we needed to do it for a reason. We were also covering Untitled and sometimes Adore right. and, and kind of like that box was checked in our live show. Good point. So we would rather do it with a song that everyone knows than have to, than have to work people through like a, so, a, a slow song that they don't know. Yep. It's a tough hill so to climb. So it just kind of, yeah, it's a, yeah, and it just kind of fell through all of these big nets that were catching a lot of our songs. And it sat there, and and um, that's that's one of the good things about this uh, project that we're doing. And then another good thing about it is, I think the song is the version that we released to the world is so much better than the song that it started as. Yep. And at the time, I thought it was perfect. I wouldn't have touched it. Of course, there's limits to that. You know, we can always tweak stuff, and you just need to release things into the world. And you can't be too precious, but this one in particular, improving this chorus night and day with what it was. And like, even if there was a buzz moment where this song would have had bigger reach than it does now, if during the, like the pinnacle of the Justin, the eyes on us. And at that time, I'm much happier that we released it now. Cause I'm much prouder of this version of the song. I amen. think out of every, yeah, amen to that. I think out of every song on this project, both both previous and upcoming, um, this is the song that feels like the biggest um, accomplishment in terms of something that was that's been in the repertoire for a really long time. It feels like it fills the requirements of this project the most. This has been something that all three of us have loved, that people in our inner circle have loved, but there was also something flawed about it. And it took us literal years to fix it to the point where I think, I mean, I, at least for me, I didn't, I didn't know if we, I was just, this was always going to be frozen waterfall to me. I still call it frozen waterfall. I have yeah. to sometimes remember that it's not frozen waterfall when I'm describing it or looking it up. And it's just it's just kudos to you for 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 having the space i think probably away from the song and then ability to take it in, in the direction that gave it a lift and made the chorus feel like a chorus um that's a really hard thing as a songwriter to do to sort of be really attached to a melody or a lyrical idea or both and then and then have to say mm. But but what if that part doesn't exist actually? What do we keep that we like? What do we change? What do we change completely? What do we keep somewhat? You know, it's just like you, you did a very good job of of walking that very very thin line on this song. Yeah, uh, it's it's sort of like, um, you know how people have a tough time like getting rid of things, you know, if they don't spark joy. I'm one of those people, mm. and like the. I would, I have, a, I don't have the energy. I don't have the, it's not the energy. I don't have the, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I can't, it, it, this would have been very hard for me to go back in and scrap a chorus that I actually liked. And yeah. I know you liked it too. Um, I did. And, and to, to scrap it and start over. And you absolutely nailed it. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. As a result, we've got a song that we're all prouder of. Like we've said before, these are these songs are Polaroids in time for yeah. us. It's a really cool feeling 
to go back and to see. And when you listen to a song, you remember where we were, both physically and emotionally at the time, what we were listening to, what our influences was, where we were in our career. And to update these things can be very therapeutic. And so there's that element of it too for me, which is... Which is why you also wore a rope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I was waiting for us to get to the real reason. <laughs> That's right. Redoing this song yeah. was a spa day for you. Yeah, it's getting in there and it's like, it's really getting getting to the pores of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Working some knots out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this song had a pumice stone scraping the bottom of its feet. You exfoliated the shit out of the top layer of skin on this song. Yeah. A, a eucalyptus just dangling over the the entire aura of the bridge. Yep. With your fuzz guitar additions. And then jumping in a cold plunge, you know, doing the routine, cold plunge. getting the skin, the I mean steam. This, I mean this as a complete oh, compliment to this song, but there are moments of this song that could definitely be spa music. Oh, yeah. I take that as a huge compliment. Oh, yeah. Well, we hope you all are loving this song. Uh, we hope you all are listening to it in your own robes, if that's a literal or proverbial robe, figurative robe. I'm really excited for the next pick. It, it, it's going to be a matte pick, and it's a really, really great song that's getting a really cool update. Uh, this has been so fun talking to you guys. Let's do it. Let's do it more often. Thanks for <laughs> indulging us. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, thank uh, you guys for listening. Yeah. And as we say to close these out, nobody knows the shadow boxers but you, and no one knows you but the shadow boxers. It's creepy every time. Every With the time. pause, has to be. <laughs> yeah. See you later, right, kids. Guys. Au revoir. <laughs>